In early 2020, everything changed in education. Schools were closed. We went into crisis mode, opening back up in a virtual setting. What was that experience like for you? What were the biggest challenges? What would you do over? In what ways did you actually improve what you offered your students? At the time, it would have been very helpful if you had a playbook. And good news, now you do. Not only do you have your experience, which you can rely on, but today I'm joined by Nancy Frey, co-author of the Distance Learning Playbook. And we're going to dig into some of the ideas she shares in that resource. Of course, you could pick up your own copy to go deeper into those ideas. And just so you know, I linked the book up for you in the show notes. Hey, it's Daniel, and welcome to the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast, a show for ruckus makers, those out-of-the-box leaders making change happen in education. And we'll be right back after these messages from our show sponsors. All students have an opportunity to succeed with Organized Binder, who equips educators with a resource to provide stable and consistent learning whether that's in a distance, hybrid, or traditional educational setting. Learn more at OrganizeBinder.com. Today's podcast is brought to you by TeachFX. It's basically like a Fitbit for teachers, helping them be mindful of teacher talk versus student talk. Get a special 20% discount for your school or district by visiting TeachFX.com forward slash BLBS. In the mastermind, we believe that questions are better than answers and that there's power in connecting with other elite performers. Kevin, a principal in Tunisia, had this to say about his mastermind experience. I feel more connected to the everyday changes in education. In addition to being more informed, I feel empowered to bring new educational ideas and strategies to my team at my school. We'd love to serve you in the mastermind and welcome your application. Enroll today at betterleadersbetterschools.com forward slash mastermind. Well, hey there, Ruckus Maker. Today, I am joined by Nancy Frey, a professor at San Diego State University in educational leadership, where she focuses on policies and practices and literacy and school leadership. Nancy is also a teacher leader at Health Sciences High and Middle College an award-winning open enrollment public school in the City Heights neighborhood of San Diego. She co-founded in 2007. For nearly three decades, Nancy has dedicated her work to the knowledge and skills teachers and school leaders need to help students attain their goals and aspirations. Uh, Nancy's here today, too, to talk about a newly released book, The Distance Learning Playbook, with co-authors Doug Fisher and John Hattie. Nancy, welcome to the show. Oh, Daniel, thank you so much for being here. And hello to all the ruckus makers out there, because that's what we're here to do today. That's right. Love the energy, and we're so happy that you're with us. So yeah, let's start with uh, the book, Distance Learning Playbook, which is out now and uh, obviously very much needed. It's not your typical book. So tell me why you took the approach of the playbook first. Oh, and the playbook, that structure for us was uh, really important. We've actually done a couple of playbooks uh, already, and they've really been received very well by practitioners, by school leaders. Uh, And the idea of a playbook is a lot like for anybody who's ever coached any kind of youth sports, 
uh, then hopefully you can relate to the idea of a playbook. And certainly you would never go into a game or a match and simply perform the first play simply because it's something that's on the first page. Based on the context, based on what it is that you need, based on how things are evolving, you pick the play that you need at the time that you need it. And the idea behind this playbook is especially that readers, that users go into the modules, go into the plays that speak to them, that resonate with them and their context at that moment. So in other words, we're giving you permission to hop around. <laughs> That's great. And it's it's an agile and flexible approach, which is already a necessary skill, I think, for leaders to have, but much more so today. Yeah, absolutely. That idea of being able to pivot really rapidly. My goodness, we're certainly being put to the test on that right now, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I know that you, you started school a while ago in 2007, um, and, and we'll get back to the book, but since we're on the topic of pivoting, what are some of the, the pivots that you've seen and have had to make within that school uh, these days? You know, you spend that many years uh, with uh, teenagers and with families and embedded in a community, and you find out that there are lots of pivots that you need to do. Our school in particular partners with a large healthcare organization. And so depending on what's happening at the healthcare organization, that has a lot of influence on what it is that we're doing, on what it is that our students doing. When there have been flu epidemics, for example, uh, that has had an impact on how our students are doing their internships and so on. We have certainly been through here in California, where I am, certainly economic downturns that have greatly impacted what the school has been able to do. Uh, We've had new standards come online. So yeah, I mean, every year, when you think about it, every year has something new with it. This year coming up, probably the newest year we've ever had. I can only imagine. And and, uh, there's that partnership with the health industry, right? And is there anything you can tell a ruckus maker who is considering how do I build stronger partnerships with uh, businesses or health industry or any industry, any, anything you've learned along the years that you could pass on? I think what's really important in building partnerships like that is to not go into the conversation talking about how much it would mean to you, how much your organization would benefit, but rather to flip that script and make sure that your leading conversation is how this partnership would benefit them. What are the gains that they can possibly have? From there, of course, then we can start collaborating, then we can start figuring out what are the mutually beneficial aspects of the partnership, but you go in there And your first argument is always, how will this partnership benefit your organization? Yeah, so it should be a lot less me, 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 more about you, more about us, we, and that kind of uh, perspective is is what I'm hearing there. Okay, well, let's let's go back to the distance learning playbook. I'm curious, um, just from your your creative side, was there a favorite uh, content piece or chapter that you worked on? The teacher-student relationships to me, I think, are, uh, no pun intended, closest to my heart uh, because 
I believe as much as anything, that's what all of us are being challenged with all over the globe. How is it that we can build, maintain, foster those relationships when we're at a distance? And so I was really eager in particular to dive into that content because our overall message is this. You didn't forget how to teach just because the platform changed. And so we know a lot collectively about teacher-student relationships and how important they are. Take a deep breath and keep in mind what it is that you know works, what it is that you know matters, and then get about the business of figuring out how it is that you're going to use that to your benefit and to your students' benefit in that virtual platform. Makes a lot of sense. And Nancy, you definitely whet my appetite. I know the ruckus makers, if they haven't yet picked up the distance learning playbook, I know they're going to go get themselves a copy. Uh, But in terms of those things that did work, tell us a bit more, like share a tip or two from that part of the book in terms of relationships between teachers and students. What could we do? Well, here we are uh, here in North America poised at the beginning of school where we're all going into those first couple of weeks of school. And in a face-to-face environment, what teachers always do is really get busy with building relationships with kids, finding out what their interests are, personalizing the environment for those students. You can do exactly those same kinds of things personalize your environment such that kids see their names on the background that you use during a live session. You might not be able to put their names on the desk, but you can certainly put it in the background that's behind you. Make sure that you're collecting those interest surveys, those interest activities that you always do so that you can begin to build a dossier, if you will, on every child and what it is that matters for that child. That gives you an opportunity to be able to bring materials in that are relevant to those students. And that is going to snowball into the way that we design engaging tasks, the way it is that we ramp up learning and accelerate learning. We are comfortable with wait time. Those that, that work with me know that I'm, I'm the king of uh, silence. So it's okay even in a podcast. I want to frame this question that way because I'd like you to really think deeply. You might have an answer right away. But while doing the research and putting this uh, resource together, was there anything that you found to, to be helpful and engaging in that works that was possibly counterintuitive for the reader? What was counterintuitive for me was what it was that John Hattie brought to this uh, text. And I'll put that into more context. Uh, Doug and I have done a lot of work with John over the years, but what he brought forward was a whole body of research that I was unaware of around how it is that schools have responded whenever disasters have occurred in their environment. And the fact that the feared loss of learning in those communities was not nearly as great as everyone had feared. For me, that was counterintuitive. And he brought forward the research from New Zealand on the Christchurch earthquakes and the aftermath of that when schools were closed for so very long, the bushfires in Australia, 
the research on a devastating fireworks factory that exploded in the Netherlands back in the early 2000s, the aftermath of hurricanes Katrina and Rita. In all of those cases, schools were closed for a long period of time. And as schools came back, what teachers got busy with was really focusing on what it was that kids knew in order to be able to teach them what it was that they needed next. In other words, it wasn't business as usual once they came back together. It wasn't, oh, it's October, and so this is what we always teach in October. Teachers got busy in really being able to focus on what it was that kids knew and didn't know, and the loss of learning in all of those cases turned out to be much smaller than had been feared. That, for me, was very counterintuitive. Let me try to reflect that back to you. So essentially, we're going to be okay. That During a crisis, the fear of how the kids uh, might suffer or the, the loss of learning that would uh, be endured wasn't as significant as what we predicted. And by uh, teaching in a way that was very responsive, here's a kid in front of me, not normally doing what we do in October, but here's what they know and are able to do. Now let's get them to the next level. We're going to be, again, flexible, agile in our approach. Is, is that right? Yes. And we're going to be okay. And we need to make sure that we're doing what it is that we need to do in order to be able to find out deeply what it is that kids know and to work from there. I'll, I'll share a story. Yes. In New Zealand, after the earthquakes, there was a large call to kind of suspend the national tests for that year because there were so many schools that were closed for such a long period of time. And John was one of the people that argued, no, we should still have those national tests, if for no other reason, because we need the data. We need to be able to find out what it was that has happened so that we know how to respond. What they were surprised to learn was that in that particular year, the test scores nationally actually went up. In that crisis moment, as teachers responded in really responsive kinds of ways, student learning actually increased. Now, here's the really interesting part, Daniel. As schools the following year got back to the way things had been, the test scores that had risen the previous year in that crisis year went back down, returned to their pre-earthquake levels because schooling didn't change. Everybody went back to business as usual. That, I think, is amazing. You know, Winston Churchill said, never let a crisis go to waste. And I hope that in this time of pandemic teaching, that we also are able over the long term to take away what it is that we are learning at this moment, because it's amazing what it is that we're learning and transport that into the new grammar of schooling. In other words, to make schooling better, whether it's distance, whether it's blended, whether it's a physical school. I couldn't agree more. That's a, that's a great idea to uh, pause here for a message from our sponsor. But this, this idea of how do we make school better? So let's pause here. And when we get back, we'll talk a little more distance learning playbook. 
Today's show is brought to you by Organized Binder. Organized Binder develops the skills and habits all students need for success. During these uncertain times of distance learning and hybrid education settings, Organized Binder equips educators with a resource to provide stable and consistent learning routines so that all students have an opportunity to succeed, whether at home or in the classroom. Learn more at OrganizedBinder.com. One of the top concerns of educators during COVID is how to boost student engagement in remote and in-person classrooms. TeachFX is combining virtual professional learning with its job-embedded voice technology to give teachers instructional strategies and actionable feedback that increase student engagement online and in-person. To learn more and get a special offer, visit teachfx.com forward slash BLBS. That's teachfx.com forward slash BLBS. All right. Welcome back, Ruckus Maker. We're here with Nancy Frey talking about the distance learning playbook. And Nancy, uh, you know, the playbook was released uh, with great success. I'm curious, you know, have people written in and, and what have they said has been the most helpful part of the distance learning playbook? The feedback that we've gotten overall is that the most helpful part is the reassurance, the reminder again and again, you didn't forget how to teach just because the platform changed. And that opportunity to be able to take a deep breath and to be able to say, yes, there are things that I know already has given people some of that confidence back, restored some of that confidence that they have felt a loss of over the last couple of months. The other feedback that we've gotten that's been really helpful is not surprisingly in the ways in which you can engage students both synchronously and asynchronously, to be able to utilize some principles that we know are important in a face-to-face classroom and use those in that environment. So for example, consistency. Every good teacher, every good school leader knows that consistency is an important part of how it is that children and adolescents learn. We also, in a distance learning environment, have to make sure that that consistency is there for students and for families. For example, how it is that we organize our learning management systems. There needs to be consistency across the grade levels. How it is that we schedule times and classes with students. Families need for us to not have the chaotic kind of scheduling that we had to do during the spring. That was crisis teaching. But this isn't crisis teaching. This is an opportunity for us to bring back that cohesion that we know is so important. Beautiful. And Nancy, let me ask you, uh, you know, I love finding out what positive message you'd put on on a school marquee. And if you could do that around the world, what would you say to your, your students and your school community? I would say we've got this. I think our biggest message that we need to carry forth in the fall is to help restore the confidence in for families and for students and for communities that we've got this and that we know what it is that we're doing. We've had a great opportunity to be able to learn things 
and we're going to take care of you this year. And I'm really excited to hear your answer to this question because you've lived it. So you're building a school from the ground up. You're not limited by any resources. Your only limitations, your imagination. How would you build your dream school, Nancy? And what would be your top three priorities? My top three priorities start with a culture of inclusiveness and belonging. If we do not dedicate serious amounts of time and effort and energy into making sure that every student and every family feels a sense of belonging, then anything that we do after that is lost on an important part of our student body. The second aspect is that rigor and knowledge have to be our currency. Students need to learn, and we need to make that learning as relevant as we can for them. I like this idea of future-proofing students. How can we future-proof those students so that in any environment, they're being able to function and function well? Well, here we are in distance learning, suddenly having to figure out how it is that we need to future-proof our students. And then the third is to develop those deep community partnerships so that We've got, we're taking in as much from them as possible, their knowledge, and we are value added to those communities as well. Those are my three priorities. Well, Nancy, thank you so much for being a part of the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast. Of all the things we've talked about today, what's the one thing you want a ruckus maker to remember? What I want a ruckus maker to remember is that our job is to be a ruckus maker. You know, as educators, I think that we sort of have a self-concept that we maintain the status quo. Now more than ever, we need to disrupt. We need to innovate. Schooling has needed to be innovated for a long time. This is our chance. Thanks for listening to the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast, Ruckus Maker. If you have a question or would like to connect, my email, daniel at betterleadersbetterschools.com or hit me up on Twitter at Alien Earbud. If the Better Leaders Better Schools podcast is helping you grow as a school leader, then please help us serve more ruckus makers like you. You can subscribe, leave an honest rating and review, or share on social media with your biggest takeaway from the episode extra credit for tagging me on Twitter at Alien Earbud and using the hashtag BLBS. Level up your leadership at betterleadersbetterschools.com and talk to you next time. Until then, class dismissed.